0: a hundred percent as they start detaching they s- start saying something like i'm not gonna try so hard anymore that's true and i'm gonna put 30 yep. percent into this yeah and even they put 30 yep. percent they don't see it because some of these clients i work with are such high achievers they are 50 percent is it's everybody like, else is 200 yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so they make it small and it's it takes so much energy to work for 30%. Yeah. For somebody who used to work for 100%. Yeah. So it's so draining for yeah, them. because and they're
1: holding back.
0: Yes, holding back is so hard than going mm-hmm. for it sometimes. Mm-hmm. And they start losing energy, they start you know, getting depressed, life force is leaving. And how do you catch that?
1: If you're a CEO, entrepreneur, or business owner that can't seem to figure out what is blocking you from attaining the next level of growth in your business, then listen up. I'm Maria DeLorensis Reyes. I've taken what I've learned in 30 years working inside multi-million dollar corporations, building my own business, and consulting my clients, and discovered five themes that stop a business from scaling. I've created a tool to help you get the answers you need to get unstuck and unlock the next level of growth. Head over to scale.mariadr.com and click the link to get your custom Scale Factor Formula Scorecard when this episode is over. Hey everybody, welcome to Finding the Upside. I am so glad you chose to join us today. I am in the studio and I have a special guest. I'm going to introduce her in a moment, but I'm so glad that you joined us. I have on the podcast today Mizuhu Kanazawa. And her nickname is Miho. I'm so excited to have you here. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. Thank you for coming. So I wanted to do just a brief intro to give everybody an idea of uh, what your background is, but then I'm going to turn it over to you and let you elaborate. Miho is a... Therapist, and she is dedicated to working with clients whose personality and life experience will shape more than one culture, shaped by more than one culture. So they're multicultural individuals. She works closely with her clients and seeks to empower the multicultural person through all chapters of their life to build confidence and be connected in all their important relationships and valued in the community which I love over time as she works with clients she helps to give them and gain a new perspective and give them fresh ideas and behaviors and practical tools to navigate people who juggle multiple cultures and We'll talk, I'm sure, about all the interminglings and all the different people that you deal with, students and families and all the different places where they might come from and where this comes into play. But I'm sure we'll also touch on assimilation and all the different things that have to do with the people that you work with and what they navigate. Mm-hmm. So could you share a little bit more about your work, your background, and how you came to start to do this work and work with the clients that you do? Sure.
0: Okay, great. So. Um... Yes, my name is Miho. Yes. I came to this country um, a few decades ago, like 30 plus years ago. Okay, yeah. So my English is not my first language. Yes, got it. So when I got here, I couldn't speak any English. Nothing? Nothing. And then, you know, I went to school. I was 18, 17. Um, I came here for college. Okay. And I never left. Wow. Yeah, so I, I stayed on and, you know, just saying yes to different inspirational moments mm-hmm. led me to become a therapist. Oh, and wow. as a therapist, I started my career working in different hospitals. Mm-hmm. And in a system of the hospitals, I encounter so many patients yeah. uh, getting misunderstood
2: mm-hmm.
0: because of the cultures that they come in with. Like, you might want to get a hot drink instead mm-hmm. of a cold drink. Mm-hmm. And there's a crush yeah. of the care, like, yeah. between the system thing.
1: In the hospital. In the
0: hospital, okay. and it's a very white male system. Yeah. So I have witnessed very, um, you know, many occasions that are very heart crushing. Yeah. The patient's knees are kind of overridden by the system. Mm. And it was... Um, very difficult mm-hmm. to work and advocate mm-hmm. as a, a person of color, mm-hmm. as an Asian woman mm-hmm. with accent, and as yes. a woman. Yes. So I just felt like I can't advocate for my patients in a system
2: mm-hmm.
0: because I'm f- kind of, you know, being made to do the things that I need to do because I work for the system. Right. So, so
1: administration is kind of guiding what you're supposed to be doing.
0: Yes, yes.
1: But you don't feel that's in line with the needs of the patient.
0: Right. So sometimes I had to report a patient, mm-hmm. um, like you know, maybe co sleeping, mm-hmm. or which I completely endorse, because mm-hmm. many of our worlds live, like you know, like they sleep together, then yeah. with children and parents. Yeah. But it's not the norm in mm-hmm. kind of Western culture. I see. So that type of stuff really was um, difficult for me. So the
1: cultural differences, and the system doesn't understand the difference in the culture. Right, right.
0: So I decided to leave the hospital work, and I decided to uh, open up a practice of my own where Mm
2: -hmm.
0: all these multicultural clients can come, and they can talk about their practice, their cultural practice, where they come from, and what they wanna do to their loved ones without feeling so scared of being reported or being mm-hmm. called out, that's abnormal. Mm-hmm. I wanted to make a dear really safe space for these individuals.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I started my practice in 2007 mm-hmm. or so. Mm-hmm. And there's nobody, of course, when you start
1: up a practice. Right, because you're starting from scratch. Yes, and
0: yeah. there's no one for yeah. six months or yeah. so. Yeah. But I kept, I was really believing that there's a more need okay, for this. Yeah. And so I kept spreading word and mm-hmm. I just got my first patient mm-hmm. and working with her and led to another patient. And so you know, by
1: referral and you yes, started to get known.
0: Yes, yes. But, so now I have full practice uh, for many years and I'm very blessed
1: to work with all of my clients wow. and I love all of them. My question for you is, did you find that satisfaction in being able to Follow your instincts and help them as you needed, and 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 what did that feel like for you?
0: Oh, I love it so much. I feel that's my safe space mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. as well. So when I am not scared of being called out mm-hmm. to do something that I truly believe, mm-hmm. but I feel safe to do my work with mm-hmm. the clients,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I think that's the best space for healing. Mm-hmm. So I feel wonderful, and you know I. I feel moved by the work that I do with clients and what they bring in mm-hmm. every single day of my life.
1: That's wonderful. Yes. Now, is your client is your patient population is it Asian or all multicultures uh-huh. or how does that work and yes. how does that fit in with what you do and kind of your mission?
0: Uh huh. Well, when I work called multicultural, it includes a lot of people. Okay. So I do have many clients who come from countries in Asia okay. um, or mixed race mm-hmm. individuals. Mm-hmm. And they are even like um, white folks, like white people who have lived in different countries, grew up. I see. Um, I don't know if you know this term called third culture kids. Mm-mm. These are the individuals who grew up in uh, countries that are not their parents' passport countries. Oh,
1: okay. So, so they maybe ha- they were living overseas. Yeah. Their parents were working overseas and they right. were raised there.
0: Yes. Yeah, so these kids are often like um, kids of diplomats
2: mm-hmm.
0: or military. Military.
2: Mm-hmm. So they
0: have they really formed their personality and their experiences through various cultures. Interesting. Um, and so they hold that inside of them, but they don't show it. Sure. For, through the appearance. So mm-hmm. they get a little stuck and very isolated wherever they go sense of belonging becomes very uh, big issue for them
1: mm. yeah yeah so I, I i love the work you do because mm-hmm. i think you know and and this word sense of belonging is coming into so many conversations these days and i'm so happy to see that i mean even in a corporate environment we're talking about that right mm. like how do we bring a sense of belonging? Because when people feel like they belong, mm-hmm. then they can be their best selves and right. they can work at their best, and thrive. Mm. Um, so in the work that you do, um, not only obviously providing a safe space for them to talk about what they wanna do and their families are navigating that, how do you help them address navigating when they're working inside of working or being inside of those spaces that are not just their culture.
0: Right, yes. What do
1: you do Well, with I
0: have many clients who work in corporations. Okay. And they struggle a lot, um, you know, through just not feeling like they're being valued mm-hmm. or they've hit the bamboo ceiling sometimes. Mm-hmm. Some of mm-hmm. the Asian looking people feel mm-hmm. like my, you know, the same person who got hired the same year getting promoted, what's happening to me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not get promoting mm-hmm. or, you know, promoted or I'm not getting raised. Mm-hmm. And they it just they internalize this into a self, you know, esteem goes down. Mm-hmm. And it's such a hard experience for them. So we talk weekly usually about this and surprisingly and then also also it makes sense that these individuals learn to kind of advocate for themselves in a system, or they choose to kind of go back to their original self. Mm-hmm. Because many of these indivi- individuals who work in the corporations actually haven't had a chance to question themselves, who am I? Mm-hmm. So, and they are often uh, raised by first generation immigrants. So they are doing it for the parents mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So I always have some clients who are working through this space of like, can I leave this company? How do I make money? But I wanted to be a painter Mm -hmm. since I was three. Mm -hmm. I knew
1: this. Oh, okay. So, not uh, trying to live up to the cultural or parental expectations, right. yes. but not following their own dream.
0: Yes. And then, you know, they are so conditioned to kind of fear mm-hmm. and also create safety in this culture and mm-hmm. in a the system. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to go to this heart place mm-hmm. of like, if I want to paint, mm-hmm. I should paint. Then, what happens to the insurance, the, you know, the salary?
1: Yeah, it's a reality. Yeah,
0: and it's a very deeply ingrained fear. Mm-hmm. And we work through it. And I have many people who left corporation and build their own beautiful artistic com- companies. Because my training is creative arts therapy. Mm-hmm. So I do drama therapy. Drama therapy, and right? And yeah. I use a lot of kind of colors and arts as well. So I tend to attract very creative individuals mm-hmm. who are kind of stuck
2: mm-hmm. in the
0: corporate world so they have launched their own businesses and it's been such a pleasure to witness them
1: that's like so great to hear and see it does also though for me bring up what that there's so many people who aren't getting the help right that are stuck in this place mm-hmm. and i have to say this i worked in corporate for 20 years
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I am white, but I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. So, and I have seen many different biases come into play, mm-hmm. you know, if you're not a white man, right? right. Um, and that is it is what it is. It's in all spaces. And some of the conversations that you were uh, expressing about or the circumstances you were expressing about, you know, why did I get the raise or I didn't get that va- I'm not getting valued as much as. Mm-hmm. We have to be honest in that sometimes bias mm-hmm. and difference comes into play, right? Yes. And that's the challenge is to be aware of mm-hmm. that and to make sure that we're all addressing that so mm-hmm. that doesn't come into play. Mm-hmm. There are some companies that are doing that work, mm-hmm. but there are some people who don't wanna do that work uh-huh. and it's yes. so ingrained in our society.
0: Yes, yes.
1: Um, so, what is what do you think needs to happen in corporations? Like it's great uh-huh. if somebody can f- leave a corporation and make it on their own.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But if the dream is to work for a company, right? What do you think needs to happen mm-hmm. inside companies to change that?
0: Uh-huh. Well, you know, the creative space, Like it's very unfortunate that individuals who are so creative and who can contribute so much within the corporation, like their only choice is to leave. Right. So I think that space needs to be created within the company. Yeah. So that means like a leadership. Yes. Needs to be creative people. Yeah. And we can't be creative if we are fearful. Very true. So how do you kind of create a uh, fearless environment and actually invite mistakes? Mm-hmm. And the more mistakes you make, the mm-hmm. more we learn, mm-hmm. then we can, kind of can navigate to find out what works for us. Yeah. So that space is needed, I think. Agreed. Yes, and then they need to take time with it. It's not like, you know, once a year workshop. No. It's like ongoing. Yeah. Uh, conversation as if it's they're all in kind of process groups, therapy group, yes. like support group every yes. week. Yeah. So and then I think it's very important that they find a space that like uh, there is no hierarchy in a system. I know there's a CEO or COO mm-hmm. and there's an employee mm-hmm. that's like first year, five year, like
2: mm-hmm. you know,
0: people cling on to that yeah. status. Yeah. But I think there needs to be a room like literally a room in a corporation where everybody get bare feet and right. sit down on the floor and
1: talk like they're in a village and everybody has the same equal voice.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I think that's that, a really interesting concept. And I think that I agree that would be yeah amazing.
0: Yes. Yes. And then I think the facilitator needs to be not somebody or like has to take turn. Mm-hmm. And I think starting from there and do a lot of cultural share. Yeah. In that space. Yeah. Everybody has culture to be yeah.
1: in. Well, I want to follow up on some of the things that you said, because I, I love uh, so many things that you mentioned. Um, first off, you know, agreed. It, it needs mm-hmm. to be not just a one-time training. It right. needs to be in within the corporate culture, mm-hmm. right? And the corporate culture should then shape how every how everybody operates within it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so agreed that in order to change that, you have to be aware of it, committed to it, and it has to be an ongoing practice. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that let me say this. I think that there are some companies that are aware mm-hmm. of this and some that might be doing a good job at starting to create those safe spaces. They've recognized mm-hmm. that creativity and innovation comes from difference. It comes from difference of background, difference of thought, different mm-hmm. perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean it comes from here, right? Like you right. were saying, not like it could come from anybody, mm-hmm. right? I think where they struggle is implementing that. Mm-hmm. And I think part of it is because they don't have that ongoing practice. It's a, let's check a box, mm-hmm. and oh, we think we're doing this, But there's not enough ongoing practice to change that. Mm -hmm. That's where I think the game changer is. And I think the benefit, because obviously companies always look at, well, what's my ROI? Your ROI Mm -hmm. is going to be that if everyone can contribute Mm -hmm. their true value, Mm -hmm. you're going to get more innovative, creative ideas. Mm -hmm. You're going to get the the best of everyone. Mm -hmm. And another thing is, people don't have to leave because they don't feel like they don't belong. Right. Yes, yes. So, I think it's a win-win. Yeah.
0: Have you seen good examples of that implementation?
1: I mean, I have seen some companies do some really forward-thinking things. Uh-huh. This is my perspective and what I've seen. I haven't seen that widespread yet. Uh I think in these last few years, there's been more conversation about it. Again, that's the good thing. And that's one of the reasons why I talk about that so much on this podcast. Mm -hmm. Diversity and not diversity, like hire different people. Like we talked about that a little Mm -hmm. bit. Mm -hmm. True honoring difference and understanding. And really it's cultural competency. Mm -hmm. Understanding different cultures, accepting different cultures, and allowing everybody to fall within their own center and bring their own value, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. I think that the conversations are great because it comes into the awareness. And I also think the workers are going to start to force this Mm -hmm. because we are at a talent, you know, an issue with retaining talent and attracting Uh talent. And Mm -hmm. this is one of the major reasons Uh because people feel like they don't belong. Right, right. So it's it's not... The, for ROI for businesses, it's business imperative because mm-hmm. it's costly for people to leave
0: uh-huh, and have right. to
1: rehire yes, and yes. retrain. Yeah. But I do think that we need to keep these conversations going to help enlighten everyone to understand why it's mm-hmm. so important mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and what the impact is. Right. That's what I think.
0: Yes, yes, definitely. So I think it's very important for the company to come up with a system to keep the heart pumping yeah in a way yeah with with this ongoing conversation and you know our hearts never stopped since we are you know in our mother's very bellies right same thing but I also think they need to be able to catch the process of detachment so employee like when my clients want to leave a company it doesn't come like this
1: no it's over it's time. over time it's they
0: have tried yes. they have not gotten validated they have not they have been ignored they feel they have skipped over they have not been um honored yes and they speak and then they get told like why didn't you say something earlier
2: mm-hmm.
0: um so like anything they do is it is not validating for them yeah. so they start detaching so how do you catch? How does the company catch a, a person whose heart is detaching?
1: That's that's a great question, and I I don't disagree with you. I think that that has to be more of a uh, program where those signs you know are recognized. Right. Right. Yeah. And I could if I if I kind of. Um, put it from my perspective i think what it's in the business speak or the corporate think it's it's about engagement mm-hmm. people use this word engagement
2: mm-hmm.
1: it is an issue that we have so many disengaged employees mm-hmm. right and mm-hmm. i think that's part of it yes yes but i think the things they're doing to increase engagement are falling flat uh-huh. and they're not recognizing and this is I'm speaking very generally uh-huh. they're not recognizing why the detachment is happening and why somebody's pulling back
2: mm-hmm.
1: right Yes, and part of it is because they've got to recognize that leadership hasn't made that a safe space uh-huh. and made everyone belong.
0: Yeah, I think it can be very simple. I mean, I almost wish like this magical, like, you know, yes. like a uh, airport thing, like everybody comes through and like be be detaching, detaching. And, you, you know, if oh, you can get a sign, <laughs> oh my God, that would that's be great. And yeah. then they can do some prevention. You're 100% approaching, right. but we don't have such machine. Um, right. But then, then at the same time, I think there's a, dear. what I hear consistently is somebody who get into the company, they hope for the best when yes. usually go in. Yeah. They yeah. do their 100%. Mm-hmm. As they start detaching, they start saying something like, I'm not gonna try so hard anymore. That's true. And I'm gonna put 30% yep. into this. Yeah. And even they put 30%, yep.
2: they
0: don't see it because, some of these clients I work with are such high achievers, mm-hmm. they are 50%, is everybody like, else is 200%. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they do they make it small and it's it takes so much energy to work for 30% yeah. for somebody who used to work for 100%. Yeah. So it's so draining for yeah, them Yeah, because and they're holding back. Yes. Holding back is so hard than going mm-hmm. for it sometimes. Mm-hmm. And they start losing energy. They start, you know, getting depressed. Life force is leaving. And how do you catch that? And I think sometimes the leadership or the manager can just ask a simple open question. You know, every day you guys come in, like, who's thinking? that I'm going to just put 30%. It's not worth it. Yeah. Like who's thinking that? And nobody's going to raise hands in public. Right. Right. But what, how can you create a system where that, you know, leadership can show, I know this is how you think Mm -hmm. when you're losing us, Mm -hmm.
1: when we are losing you. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, there's two things at play. I I don't disagree. I think you're right. I think it could be so simple, right? Mm -hmm. But the scenario that you just said, like who who feels like they're giving a third, nobody's gonna admit to that. Right. But why they won't admit to that is because they're working within a system right almost like you in the hospital, mm-hmm. right? Where it will be, you know, yes. punished if that's admitted. Yes. Right. And yes. so there's no safe space to admit that. Right. But as a leader, and as a leader myself in corporate I led people I would know because my radar was up for mm-hmm. that. Like mm-hmm. you see somebody pulled back, you see why, how do I get them re-engaged? How do I light the fire again? Mm-hmm. What's going on?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But not everybody's tuned into that. No. But it could be a simple, I mean the data's there, right? Mm-hmm. They could pull the data, these companies could pull the data and have these set of metrics that they measure. Mm-hmm. Not the stuff they're measuring now for engagement. Mm-hmm. like. What are the ways that somebody starts to start to to detach? Uh huh. But all the time, there has to be a safe enough space that somebody can feel okay to to say that,
0: yes, and say it. Right. That's the system we like to have. Yeah. And to take a risk is actually um, applauded, and to be thanked
1: for it. That's right.
0: Yeah. Not be
1: yeah and the funny part about that and not funny but i think you know what i mean is that in all um corporate environments Mm -hmm. everybody to some extent is masking up right Mm -hmm. because they're modeling whatever's being modeled right as the stuff that's being rewarded and Oh, this is the pet. This is the pet, right? Mm -hmm, And then it's mm -hmm. like, okay, that's how I have to behave. Right. That's how I have to be. Yes. So it's really important for leaders to understand that Mm -hmm. and understand when they are reinforcing unproductive and poor, like, models that aren't really what they want, Uh that don't produce the best results. Right, right. And once that starts happening, then every I mean, that's just social, you know, that's social, that's human yes. behavior, right? Yes. The norm is this, I don't wanna be different than the norm, mm-hmm. right? So if we can start to say the norm is all of these things, mm-hmm. or the norm is somebody who does something way different and gets rewarded, or uh-huh. somebody who's completely themselves and unashamed to say, I don't agree with that, I think this is a better idea, mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or in my culture, this is how mm-hmm. we would approach this. Mm-hmm. And that gets applauded, then everybody wants to shift. Right. Yes. But it's about the environment mm-hmm. that has to come in hand with besides just recognizing and monitoring behavior and mm. asking questions. Yes, so,
0: I agree. Yes.
1: You know, I, I, I'm I hopeful that, again, as we continue to have mm-hmm. these conversations, more people understand this, We we, we start to, you know, push this.
2: Yes. A little more. Yes.
1: As I've said, I do have some colleagues that work for very forward thinking companies that are really aware of this. Mm -hmm. And they're really trying their best to implement programs to be able to support this Mm -hmm. or, you know, even to talk about creating these safe spaces. Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: That's a big step. Yes. Um, But I also because it's, you know, one of my the things I have to highlight as a business, it's a business imperative. Right. We can't afford, first of all, we can't afford for these people to come out of the workforce. Mm -hmm. And do we really want them to feel like the only choice they have is to start their own company? Uh Uh-huh, right. I mean, that's great in some ways. Yes. But that's why so many job openings, Mm -hmm. they can't find people. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: there's so many turnovers nowadays. Yeah, yeah. Like working for one company for a year feels enough. It right feels now. long, right? Yes. These days, yes.
1: Where like my parents, they worked for the same company same. for thirty years, right? Yes. <laughs> well, thank you for that. That 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 was awesome. Yeah. I what I want to. Um, What I want to ask you is a little bit more specifically, I'd love to dive in a little more specifically with Mm -hmm. your work and kind of the specifics that you take people through. Mm -hmm. I know myself, my husband's Dominican, he is not from this country, so even, you know, all cultures when they come from a Mm non-U.S., English is not their first language. Some of the struggles are similar. Mm -hmm. Obviously, some of the cultural things are different. Mm -hmm. But juggling multiple cultures is definitely a complex experience inside the family, even out in navigating, trying to get things done for yourself, Mm -hmm. going to the bank, you know, and work of course, as we said. Yeah. How do you help your clients kind of prioritize what's important in their lives Mm
2: -hmm.
1: um, and have what they're doing kind of align with their values, um, especially when they're faced with different cultures and expectations?
0: Uh How uh do you help them? I think it's first like, so important within the kind of, you know, we are talking about first immigrants, second generation, third generation, even fourth generation. Mm -hmm. This kind of, you know, where you identify yourself to belong, Mm -hmm. the experience of immigrants are so different. um, And their um, cultural identity Mm -hmm. is very different, according to that person. So I can't assume Right. If somebody has accent, somebody is, you know, came to this country when they're 25, they must feel this way. Or I can't make that assumption.
1: Very good point.
0: Right. And then so ideally, you know, we really need to take time from that person's narrative. What they want to do with their life, you know, how they want to live their life and how much they see themselves as you know, Japanese person or Chinese person or, you know, from Puerto Rico or I, I can't make assumptions. So they need to tell their story about their identity and their cultural identity. Um, some people don't have that attachment to yeah. how they look. Yeah. You know, so I think we really need to work
1: individually on that. Cause it really varies is yes. what I hear you saying. Yes, right?
0: yes. And you know, I I need to create space for that. You know, could you tell me about yourself, like mm-hmm. in terms of the cultural lens or ethnicity, or if that doesn't mean much to you, or sexual identity, like all of that,
2: mm-hmm. you know, So many stuff. layers. Yeah,
0: we, that we need to have that person speak for themselves, mm-hmm. which is not, which wasn't the case, like, you know, 20 years ago, 10 right. years ago, even like we decided for them. Yeah. And that's such a kind of, I think it's such a violent, I mean, it's such a blanket way of getting to know. I think it's too sloppy
2: mm-hmm.
0: way of getting to know a human being.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So we just really need to take time with each yeah. person. And and so that you do in your work. So yeah. I'm curious. And as you are explaining that, do you think that we as people in society often don't take the time to get to know somebody individually because we're making those assumptions based on how they look or talk or...
0: Yes, Okay. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I talked to Onika, uh-huh. my best friend, uh-huh. who introduced me to you. Yes. We Anika's talk great. about this time, the concept of time. Like we stopped taking time for things that are most important. Mm-hmm. We so focused on, you know, you know, cutting a shortcut, like uh, having a shortcut. Doing it quick. Yeah, making like, you know, template for email. Yeah. I I mean, you can call me old school, but I write each email each time. Yeah. Because I want to connect with that person Mm -hmm. and I don't have this template ready for my business. And I want to kind of honor that time, taking time in my business. And I think my clients feel it. Um, yes, and I agree. that I don't think we take time. I think time is something that creates a lot of anxiety in people. Like we don't have time for mm-hmm. this, or mm-hmm. you know, we need to just bundle them together. So we just call them people cutter. Mm.
2: Um,
0: take time with these people. Um, I think who cares, you know, if it takes three years, because they might leave in, ten, in one year if you yeah. don't take time. Yeah. 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 We don't take time, I think.
1: Well, and I think in, in, you know, definitely inside a company that that's the case. And I would say that that could be the case even without the cultural element, you know, like um, and, and cultural. I say that in the sense of what we're used to considering culture, because we have differences in even, you know, my friend brought this to my attention. She's like, you know, we're both white and Italian, but like my husband has a completely different family culture structure, structure yes. from the structure yes. that he was raised in. You know, we have that in our country. The South is different than the Northeast, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. so there is these cultural differences inside the bigger population. Mm-hmm. Um But also, just us as humans, you know, in, being introduced to somebody who's from Japan or from, you know, Spain or from Puerto Rico Mm -hmm. um, and they were born there, if we make assumptions about what their experience is, we miss all the nuance Mm -hmm. and the individuality. Yes. And then to your comment, we can't connect with them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So even just in society, day to day, as friends, getting to know people um, and, you know, humans, like similarities. So mm-hmm. they have to be take time to mm-hmm. get to know things that are different from them. And right. I encourage that, I celebrate that. Yes. I strive for that. Yes. I want that. Yeah. Some people don't. hmm So it's important to not make assumptions just because somebody's you know has an accent or mm-hmm. somebody looks a certain way. Because right. you don't know what their lived experience is. Yeah. Yeah. And um one of my previous episodes, we were talking about different cultures and assumptions that are made to the negative uh-huh. because of, and this example was a, a very a successful Hispanic businessman mm-hmm. and some people question how he made his money uh-huh. because they're looking at him like, well, what? Like you think he's dealing drugs? Like that's the only way like, uh-huh. just because he's from New York and mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. so same right. idea
1: here, right? Yes,
0: yes. Yeah and I think it's okay to kind of um admit that like we are wired right. we are so scared right
1: understand for that something foreign mm-hmm.
0: so we uh, first like you know try to push out mm-hmm. but then what do you do next and next step yeah. I think that's the most important because we are wired to say I don't know you you look different from me right um you know I'm going to I'm going to be cautious I yep. think that's human nature
1: absolutely yeah And that's, and that's human behavior. And I think the words you said that were so important is to admit that, Mm -hmm. right? That's always a thing. And, you know, in my, all the trainings that I've done for cultural competency, because I go into companies Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and train on cultural competency in this idea. And the first thing that has to be established is admitting that as humans, we all prejudge. We all do. Yes, yes prejudging judging that's where prejudice comes from, mm-hmm. right? So what do you do? You have to admit that we do it, because mm-hmm. we all do it as mm-hmm. humans. Mm-hmm. But you have to be aware of it mm-hmm. to then dismiss it uh-huh. and be able to get to know that individual. Right. And the only way you can do that is by making that connection and spending the time. Yes, yes. So back to your comment about inside a company.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, like leaders, bosses have to take the time to mm-hmm. get to know each individual and right. I also liken it to not just about the cultural thing but you know as a teacher for example mm-hmm. if a teacher tries to teach in the same way mm-hmm. and Anika and I have had many conversations yes. about this for all students it's
0: not going to work no because
1: everybody is different right, right? so yes. taking the time to get to know mm-hmm. what is this person about mm-hmm. what are they dealing with what are their hopes, dreams, Mm -hmm. what are they struggling with, Mm -hmm.
2: Mm
0: -hmm.
1: without those assumptions.
0: Yes, I agree.
1: So important.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yes.
1: So I am going to ask you some specific, if you don't mind, Mm -hmm. uh, questions about Uh, People that you work with Mm -hmm. that are raised you mentioned some things that are but that are raised by first generation asian parents Uh how they navigate that feeling Mm -hmm. that they don't belong Uh uh-huh while they're raising families in a different cultural context Uh
0: uh-huh uh-huh yeah well again i think it's like individuals again um Mm -hmm. how but i think it nobody leaves their own country without feeling something big.
2: Mm-hmm. It's just
0: a fact. Mm-hmm. You know, they they everybody who have left their countries um, have good reasons that they left yes. in some way, yes. right? Mm-hmm. And do they have a lot of emotions around it? 100%. Yeah. Does it show up in them raising the kids? I think so often, you know, and I think the kids feel it. Mm-hmm. How much they have, have to kind of go through this process of loss
2: mm-hmm.
0: of their land, their country, their people, mm-hmm. or you know sometimes they leave their parents. Yeah, Be and leave them behind. Right, yeah. a lot to leave behind, mm-hmm. and then you know create a life and give a you know give birth to their own children. I think there's so much that gets put on the kid. Yeah. So and kids feel it mm. and they wanna um the you know, I, I get this question a lot from the parents, like, oh like you know, kids they have no idea of what we are doing, like you know, once they become parents, they understand mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. But ideally do think children love the parents more than the parents love them. I just have a belief in that. Oh yeah. Just work having worked with lots of children as okay. well. Kids are so loving, yeah. right? And then we sometimes lose them yeah. because we have put too much mm-hmm. of our expectation, our sense of guilt onto them in a very implicit way. Mm. They work so hard. And then many kids feel like my parents don't know me. Mm. My parents don't know who I am truly because I worked so hard to make them feel it, it was not for choice that they left their country. I see. Right, so they get so stuck in this silent place. Mm. So when I get these children of the first immigrants, Mm I celebrate it, first of all, Mm -hmm. because it's such a huge courage for them to enter psychotherapy or therapy session, and many of them may get secret.
1: Oh, so they don't tell anybody.
0: Yes, because if their parents find out, they are like, what did we do wrong?
1: Mm. Why can't you tell
0: us everything that you're telling to a stranger?
1: Mm, I see. So (laughs) it takes a
0: lot of courage for them to enter therapy.
1: So you celebrate that. Yeah, I
0: celebrate that that, Mm -hmm. and we navigate that because, you know, if that's safe space for them not to say, they don't have to say anything. Right. So there's a lot of managing uh, and navigating these kids have to do. Yeah. And you know, when it comes to their career choice, their relationship choice, their diet choice, they might have sex before marriage, mm-hmm. um, they might do experiment with drugs sometimes. Mm-hmm. All of those choices, they have to navigate, okay, I share this much with this part and I don't share this much.
1: So they compartmentalize it. Yes, mm-hmm. and that's
0: a hard place to be and it brings up a lot of sadness in that individual. Yeah, and the parents struggle, too, because they are human, they are wired to feel. And so they come to the kids like, why can't you tell us anything? Right. But if they hear something, they might not hear it. They might skip over the very important part
2: mm-hmm.
0: of, okay, I don't know what to say, but I'm glad you told
1: me. Right. Right, and right. celebrate at least the transparency. Right,
0: instead of going directly to something, I think yeah. more panicky yeah. or anxiety-oriented. Yeah. yeah. So everybody needs to do a lot of learning in how to talk and listen in family mm-hmm. system.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, because family brings up a lot of anxiety yeah. because we want the best
2: mm-hmm. for
0: the people we love the most.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's certainly difficult to navigate, for sure. And I, I what I what was intriguing about what you said, and I'm just reflecting on my own experience, right, with different cultures mm-hmm. and even my husband's culture. You know, you, you talked about them coming to this country and the guilt, the parents coming and the guilt that the, the kids have to do certain things like. Maybe it's like not like, oh, we came here, we sacrificed they don't say that, but mm-hmm. it's like this underlying thing and mm-hmm. expectation. Right. I, I've seen that in, in the Hispanic culture as well. Yes, yes. And um it's interesting how the that plays out. Mm-hmm. And I think I see similarities in that in yes. terms of whether the child, even if the child then is an adult if they are able to have the courage to speak out, uh-huh. like, to the to the parents, right? Uh-huh. Right. And a lot of times that doesn't happen no. because there's, they're too afraid.
0: Right. And sometimes, you know, when I ask um, about empathy, mm-hmm. different culture create, uh, you know, I ask my clients to create uh, a little, like, sculpture of empathy
2: mm-hmm. and
0: many westerners or american raised like person like they might look like this is empathy like me oh, and like you looking
1: oh okay and
0: then another culture empathy is you looking at me going like this wow but to be just to know that you're hurting but i'm not gonna talk about it oh. that's also be received as kindness i see and considerate thing if somebody is crying in my session, I sometimes don't notice it. I try not to say anything about mm-hmm. it. You don't call it out. Because that would make the person feel spotlighted. I
1: see. So I,
0: you know it a few times. And then I, of course, when we have rapport, I say, what does the tear say?
2: Mm-hmm. What
0: is that saying mm-hmm. right now? Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes it, it is very cultural not to talk about it.
2: Mm-hmm. To
0: leave it alone. That's love.
1: For some culture. Very interesting. Yes. And that almost gives you a better sense of good intent, right? Like maybe it's misdirected, like from what we're talking about here, Mm -hmm. but it's like you get that it's not malintent though, right? Mm-hmm. It's like from them, that's love to not say anything. Right. right, yes. Whereas it's like, why are you saying something? Yes, yes. You're,
0: you're, I'm not being
1: heard, yes. you know?
0: Yes, it's really, um, you know, mixed bag. Yeah. yeah. So I sometimes find it, to be honest, beautiful. Yeah. And I sometimes find it very agonizing at yeah. the same time. because yeah. I could see that. you don't know what's really happening in that person and even in couples therapy session you know i try to uh create a space that they talk to each other mm-hmm. and it's so important for them to report out what's happening inside of them right and with certain culture the person who is listening like stops no 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 don't say anything it's okay
2: mm. it's okay
0: Ah, wow. wow. so Thanks. that's your kindness, like to save him from saying something so vulnerable is received as kindness. What is it like for you to, for you yes, to do that? Yes. Wow. But they also, this person also didn't get to say something Yeah. at the same time. Yeah. So there's no practice in this. And if each one of us is saying, don't worry, don't worry, it's okay, I got it, I got it. Mm-hmm. And when it's in a beautiful, harmonious way, that's beautiful. But when it turns negative, it's really uh, it's isolating. Right. Yeah. And they do their own labeling each other. Mm. They don't talk about the heart and pain. Mm. And, you know, that's when we really need to talk about this is the story I make up
2: mm-hmm.
1: when you don't you fill say in the blanks. Right. When you don't speak it, it, then everybody has their own narrative. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. We have
0: a relationship with our thinking,
1: Yes. not with each other. Yes. Yes. So I want to follow up on some of what you just shared because mm-hmm. that was really such a great perspective, that one that I hadn't considered or really didn't under, didn't have the understanding for. But you mentioned in some of the things that we spoke about and and some of the things that you just said that people choose silence sometimes, mm-hmm. um, rather than having conflict, right? Mm-hmm. Because they view that many times, Yes, even sharing openly, which would help them heal and connect. They, they kind of think is conflict. Mm-hmm. What is the impact of that? And how do you get them to a place where they can uh-huh. then, you know, choose to advocate mm-hmm. or in any situation, relationship, in a work relationship, mm-hmm. in society? Yes. How do you get them to a place to be able to do that?
0: Right. Well, if they are to have chosen silence to, um, you know, tuck it under their emotions, but they want to. And then these people who do that are usually are great helpers, great people who wanna fix things, who wanna mm-hmm. make things better. Yet, like you know, you're right. Like it, it costs them mm-hmm. because their heart is never being revealed, mm-hmm. and they're not being um, having a space to share themselves. So we really need to kind of first honor the. Yeah. The pro- protective strategy, which is the silence mm-hmm. to avoid a confl- conflict, mm-hmm. because they lose that silence, then things might get worse. Right? Right? right. If one person's going, and then this person is not silent but goes away, this person doesn't like it, but this person, that's his or her way of creating peace. Yeah. So we nearly need to see good intent of that person. And celebrate it, and tell that person keep having that strategy all your life because you have had it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And also make him or her realize like how it has cost you, right? To a space, um, you know, you haven't had the space to talk about you and your feelings, and learn to put words into your experience. Can we practice that?
1: And I would imagine it is a practice because the go-to is so culturally ingrained. Right, right. right?
0: Yes, yes. And then they can, They might say, I don't know. Mm. Okay. So I don't know. I think people go to, I don't know. When, if we say something, we get doomed. If we don't say something, right. we get doomed. Right. So I don't know is, again, is their best strategy to keep peace. So we honor it. Thank you for saying, I don't know. What does I don't know say? Create a space, let that person talk.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And I think really, you know, validate that. The more we kind of validate the system Mm -hmm. they have been holding on to, Mm -hmm. they have to do less of it. Yeah. If there's a good reason for it. Yeah. And then they have, they kind of start... Okay, yeah. somebody sees me, Right. it's not because I don't care, it's not because I am an avoidant
2: mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm.
0: I have good reasons that mm-hmm. I've done this. You know, Mizuho sees me, Miho sees me, who am I?
1: And then only then they feel safe enough to explore that, I would imagine. Yes,
0: I think so. Yeah.
1: And you know, we're talking about this work and what I really wanna bring out is, these are human conditions, yes. right? Yes. Yes. And so this is specific your work to, to working with these individuals from these cultures. But really anyone that feels like they don't belong mm-hmm. fits this bill. Yes. Completely right. Yes, anyone,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: it and being able to, you know, and and that's something that's like my passion. Like, can we all just strive to create a sense of belonging mm-hmm. in every single space, in every single corner? Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because that's how we can all feel and be our authentic selves, yes. right? And and be our best.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And there's no pain because people could be honored for who they are and what they feel and, mm-hmm. and all of that. And, you know, some people have a negative view of that, like, oh my God. My God. Yes, but yes. When you see the value, and I would even say not just the value, the beauty and harmony uh-huh. that that creates, uh uh-huh. you right. just can't deny it.
0: Yes, yes. And I think that sense of belonging is such a, you know, beautiful word, and that's the used word. I think we need to get to know the individuals definition of what that feels like that's true you know to me like you know i am a like a more outgoing person so for me sense of belonging is a little bit of like connection mm-hmm. you know we do something like yeah kind of feeling mm-hmm. but somebody else it might be just a place that has no conflict
1: that's true and again not making that assumption that it's all the same right. for everyone right?
0: right yes yes and so we need to get to know that like what does that feel like just to belong safely
2: yeah
0: some people might be just exist in a way and that might be enough and that might be hard for other people to hear yeah and frustrating yeah but also honor it yeah you can't exist with us
2: Mm -hmm. you
0: know um you know i think we kind of It's so hard to be another person when it's me. You know, it's very hard for me to understand somebody who is who just wants to exist. Mm -hmm. But I also, you know, need to understand that.
1: Need to honor that. Well, and I think it's really what we're what we're expressing here, right, is these common themes of embracing the differences mm-hmm. of all of us, right? right? And of all our ways of being. And I think that's the the thread, right? That's the through line in all these conversations in mm-hmm. your work and things I do and things I believe and that what we're, we're saying, even in all these spaces, would improve all these environments in mm-hmm. our society as a whole, for sure. Yes. Um, and I think, you know, when we really look at changing demographics in the US, right? We are, we have cultural diversity here, Mm -hmm. but it's not often welcomed and celebrated in all spaces. Mm -hmm. And again, we need to keep pushing that because Mm -hmm. it does contribute to mental health issues. Mm -hmm. And we have this big crisis right now. Yes. As well as all these other things we've talked about Mm -hmm. in this conversation that impact business and impact people's lives and impact you know even just interactions with everyone that we speak with or deal with mm-hmm. relationships and it's at so many levels
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know so many people feel disconnection and struggle with belonging in this multicultural society
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: and in my opinion and I'm going to ask you this question i feel like what i just stated like just getting to a place of acceptance of being whoever you are, like live and let live, live mm-hmm. and let be, let, let everybody be who mm-hmm. they are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you think mm-hmm. is that, 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 that trigger? Is it that, is it something else, is it more than that that needs to happen so that the US can become a little more, I mean all the words are inclusive and embracing and accepting. Uh-huh. What, are the, what are the words and how would you characterize that? Mm, what do you mean by trigger? Like, what is the thing that needs to, to, to spark? Uh,
0: I see, to ch- I see. To
1: create, like, that momentum and change?
0: Mm, I think any change actually happens within, like, our pr- parameter. So you being married to your husband, mm-hmm. you know, you have become, you have evolved, I'm sure, by yes. being with this person. Yes. And me too. Yes. You know I mean? Interracial. Yes. And... I think we really need to kind of start from there yeah, and acknowledging that Ed, yes. and how, how far we could have come as an individual. Yes. And I have to say like when I got married like you know 25 years ago like it's, it was so hard to see people who are getting married but like I have I seen so many interracial couples
2: mm-hmm.
0: and people like companies also start mingling. Mm-hmm. Um, And we don't have a choice, right? Like when you're married to somebody, you need to talk about what to eat. Yeah. And the culture comes right in there.
1: Of course. Right? Mm -hmm. Like
0: you might want to eat something, he might want to eat something, you just make your own culture. Yes. And I think that mindset needs to be there in a bigger scale Mm -hmm. of things. Mm -hmm. And we talk about diversity and we used to, I think, call like New York City as like, what's that called like a salad bowl or something melting pot yeah melting Mm -hmm. pot but they have corrected like I might be uh, wrong but like recently it's like more like a bento box we are Mm -hmm. not so immersed with each other
1: because it's it's compartmentalized yes
0: yes so I think we need to really get to know each other on a personal level like i bring my miso soup to onika's house she eats it yes she's gonna feel differently about japan yes and me yes for the rest of her life yeah and i never forget the sweet swedish meatball that she made me yes we need to eat each other's food at each other's environment and to have the courage to go across the boundary very true you know and i think workspace and personal space. Um, you know many people make this boundary try to say it's just work I don't want to talk about my personal thing and I think we need to honor that if uh, that person yeah. has that boundary yeah. yeah at the same time I think work hasn't done a great job of wanting to have individuals invite them over
2: in a yeah. way
1: yeah
0: and be themselves yeah because the food that free refrigerator they have that's them you know who they are i mean it's kind of, i'm
1: kind of talking about food because food is important in my culture well and food in, in many cultures right mm-hmm. and i think you bring a really important point like getting to know and you you talked about your experience and my experience 100 percent, i can speak from my perspective that i am not the person i am i was i am today i i wasn't that person right 20 years ago well yes. 25 30 years ago mm-hmm. and it's been in in it's been a Embracing in a, you know, embracing of a different culture and seeing myself and addressing my own beliefs, my own limiting beliefs, Mm -hmm. my own assumptions and prejudices. I mean, for sure. Yes. Unraveling that. Mm Mm-hmm has allowed me to create that connection to understand another culture. And right. I do that obviously not just with my husband's culture but because I've traveled different places that some of them, things that I love is mm-hmm. getting to know other people's culture. Learning about their food mm-hmm. is one of the easiest ways to create that connection. Right. And although I don't wanna speak for all areas because we are blessed in this New Jersey, New York mm-hmm. area. Yes. We have all foods. You know some states might not you know Mm -hmm. there's some people who might be listening in the midwest who don't have the uh opportunity Mm -hmm. and the you know the the blessing of being able to have that familiarity but that is an easy step yes it is to start to get to know a different culture and what they're about Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. and
1: so and then just being comfortable what you said was so important increasing that comfort to get to know something that's different. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right. And so I agree with you. And I think that, you know, all of us just trying to make that happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, because we you are you become so diversified inside Mm -hmm. of you Mm
2: -hmm.
0: because of this marriage Mm -hmm. and because of Mm -hmm. you traveling, because of your curiosity,
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: you kind of took different things all of your life. Yeah. And who, you know, who have you become? Yeah. It's the person of, you know, diversity within yourself. Right. And, you know, we can't make assumptions about that. Right. Like, you know, who we are.
1: Right. Mm. And, you know, I think that also um, you mentioned work, right? Nobody wants to, to share personal things, but work is the one place that has the potential mm-hmm. for cross- cultural knowledge, connection, Mm -hmm. because if we go to church, that usually has some kind of cultural element, Mm -hmm. right? Inside Mm -hmm. our families, if we're not marrying outside of our Mm -hmm. race, culture, whatever, we're not being exposed. Uh In our neighborhoods, we're probably not either. And even in New York City, like you said, or Philadelphia, that's another example, Mm -hmm. you have these little pockets. You have every single culture but little pockets, they mm-hmm. don't intermingle. Right, 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 yes. So work has the, workplaces have the potential right. to It's do a that. space for it, yeah. really. Yeah. If they can start
0: off this kind of, you know, the bare feet,
1: yeah. mingling space, what and then said. they
0: start the cultural share, like bring one thing out of your bag mm-hmm. that means a lot to you.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Everybody, you yeah. know, sharing something about, oh, this is uh, green tea that yeah. I drink every day. Right this is the you know like earring that my mom gave me she passed away 20 years
1: ago yeah Yeah.
0: if we go through that i mean it may be a little bit like too personal but i think those personal space uh, creates the creativity the safety for creativity
1: because it creates the connection and it creates the the sense of belonging right or or the at least i'm able to express myself who i am here
0: yes yes yeah, and I think, you know, in when we share it, I think in this kind of sharing, they, they need to have an e- a little bit of echo back. Yeah. So if they share something, I, I'm a theater person. Mm-hmm. So that person who is across from that, you know, sharing person might do one gesture or one thing that kind of reflects the feeling. Like, yes. uh, you know, I my, I spilled coffee all over this morning and I had a bad start of the day. And that person might go like, mm-hmm. and then this person feels understood. That mm-hmm. person enacts it out.
1: Oh, I
2: see. And
0: then and kind that's of like go like this. The
1: drama therapy. Yes, right? that's a drama
0: therapy part. I and I utilize that type of um, reflection. We need to be reflected. Yeah. You know, since we are babies. We, you know, babies cry and the mom Mm -hmm. go, "Mm -mm -mm.
2: Mm -hmm. I
0: get you. You are hungry. Mm
2: -hmm. It's a
0: reflection. We need the reflection throughout our life until we die.
2: Yeah.
1: I think there's so much inspiration in this conversation and stuff that I would love to see happen. And I think the way we've spoken about it and the way you've brought, thank you, because you've brought a lot of great ideas obviously thinking about how to implement that and how to create that inside all these spaces is i think the work is cut out for the leaders Mm -hmm. but it's it's one that i think is uh necessary and that has impact for all of us Mm -hmm. and then as individuals because everybody listening here just as individuals you know taking that step to get to know that person mm-hmm. and not make assumptions about because they come from a country or speak this language, mm-hmm. that this is who they are, really getting to know them, but also celebrating and, and, and striving to understand where their culture is different than ours. Yes. I think that's the most enriching, satisfying experience, not just for the person, mm-hmm. but for yourself. Yes. And I can speak to that because yes. that's my whole life.
0: Yes. You love yourself more. Yeah. Because of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Definitely.
1: Well, Mijo, thank you so much for thank this you. interview and this conversation. Yes. I hope uh, everybody has enjoyed uh, the feedback and all the great sh- information and ideas that you've shared. Thank you for coming. I, thank you for I, having I really me. enjoyed this. Me too. Thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. Well, that's all for today's episode. Thank you so much for joining in. I hope you've enjoyed it, and we'll see you next time on the next episode of Finding the Upside. All right, so I hope you loved this episode and found it valuable. Thanks for hanging out with me. And if you'd be so kind, if you know someone else that this will help, please share this episode with them. Just grab a link for this specific episode, text it to a friend or colleague, so it can help more people like you. Thanks so much for tuning in. I will see you next time for more entrepreneurial goodness. Same time, same place on the Finding the Upside podcast.